0: Dave
1: Fanning on 2FM. Basically, what you're listening to there is a sound from a Deja Vu album. It's the opening track, which is called Carry On. So I'm playing that because um, David Crosby died just a couple of days ago uh, on Thursday. In fact, an influential musician central to two major bands of the 60s, the Birds and also CSNY. Uh, and uh, David Crosby was known for vocal harmonies outstanding guitar playing but he was a songwriter as well reflecting his counterculture politics in anthems like Almost Cut My Hair and the title track as I say of that album Deja Vu now he had a fractious relationship to say the least with band members in both The Birds and also in Crosby's National Young which led to inevitable band breakups his life too was marked by periods of extreme drug addiction ill health altercations with the law at times leading to him being deemed Rock's unlikeliest survivor by Rolling Stone magazine so Pat Carty is the Pat up here and he, he's uh, talking here from Hot Press um, They talk about the life the music the legacy of David Crosby so tell me about the life and the music and the legacy of David Crosby Pat
0: well you just printed out my notes there and read <laughs> out the whole lot what am I supposed to do let's go back to uh, do, uh, first of all here's a fact for you did you know his father was uh, yeah he was a famous
1: cinematographer
0: yeah he won a golden globe for high noon and, Hi, high noon yeah. and won the Oscar in 1932 yeah. he had a cool name like Floyd or something what, what, what? Uh, Mr. Crosby Mr. Crosby, Mr. Crosby I it wasn't Bing just it wasn't it was Bing, Bing, no, no, it wasn't <laughs> Bing. But uh, I suppose that indicates that he came from um, that kind of California family. He was, he was there. He had a brother, Ethan, as well, who uh, was a musician as well. Uh, unfortunately, killed himself later on. But um, he was kind of turned David, the young David Crosby, onto fifties jazz and stuff like that. And this was something that stayed with him all along. He started making demos himself. Yeah, the jazz the,
1: bit was big for David Crosby. Oh
0: yeah, all the way up, and you can yeah. see that in 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 you mentioned Deja Vu, the song itself. There, some of the very much bringing the, in time signatures that yeah. weren't really part of the rock. Fact, you
1: to, like, fact, I'm going to give you the beginning of it. Listen, listen, listen. If I had ever been
2: before, I would probably know
1: just what to do. That, that, that's the title yeah. track, and that is David Crosby. Go on, yeah. yeah he so. wrote that one, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah so uh, when he he hooked up with. Uh, he wasn't really getting anywhere. And then in Chicago, I think it was, he ran into a fella called Jim McGinn. Now, uh, he, Two he, names. Yeah. Why, why did he change his name later on? Was it a spiritual thing? We're I talking no about Roger, Roger McGinn here. Roger, from, yeah, Roger from McGinn is words.
1: how he would have been known, all right, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it was him and Gene Clark were together at that time. And the three of them got together uh, in a kind of a folk trio called uh, the Jet Set. And were playing their various things, and then as the Beatles started to happen, Beatles on uh, what's that TV show they were on?
1: Uh, Top of the Pops, Ready Steady Go? No,
0: the American one, the big oh, American, American band sound. No, you oh. know the one that the fifty million people watched. What's your name? Oh, you name? mean <laughs> Sherry, You know what's, 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 I can't remember his name. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The um, yeah, the Ed Sullivan show. Ed Sullivan, oh, yeah. yeah. So they're all influenced by that. So they changed their name.
1: Go on, I thought you meant a music show. I didn't know. Well, there you go, say, go yeah, chat well, show well, like this
0: yeah, one. Yeah. Um The oh, only not as good. And uh, so they saw that and that changed their name to the Beefy because it sounded kind of Englishy yeah. and uh, then later on changed their name to The Birds uh, because it indicated taking flight and it also had that uh, misspelling like in The like Beatles, the Beatles did, yeah. so through their manager they got a hold of um, a uh, demo from uh, Bob Dylan of un- unreleased Bob Dylan songs and found Mr. Tambourine Man this is before it came out and it was Crosby according to the beginning that uh, said you know what we should do we should change that from that 2-4 folky time to 4-4 to a more pop song and uh, so their first single is Mr. Tambourine Man. It's a massive hit. It's number one on both sides of the Atlantic. Dylan turns up at some yoke and says, hey man, that's great, you can dance to it. So he yeah, likes it yeah. uh, and everything, they're on and their the way. And the
1: amount of people that have taken Dylan's songs and made them into huge hits. Well, that from, might from the man man most, That might well, be the most, apart from maybe yeah. the Hendrix one, that yeah. might be the most famous yeah, yeah. one. Yeah. But anyway, they're,
0: suddenly they're pop stars and uh, David Crosby loves this. And in that documentary, that he, there's a documentary by uh, your man Cameron Crowe Called David Crosby, remember my name, and you can see I footage of him. Yeah, yeah. From,
1: it's it's very recent. It's only got three or four years. Ago. Yeah, yeah, at the
0: Beatles press conference, yeah. and he's someone, an
1: ornery critter.
0: <laughs> yeah, someone asked John Lennon, "Who's that guy behind you?" So "That's a friend of ours. That's David called, Crosby." Called David. Yeah. So he's mad to be a pop star. Yeah. Loves it, yeah. but. The other guys in the band maybe aren't as crazy about that, and he starts doing all sorts of political statements. Now he's writing songs. Okay, that,
1: before you even get to that, just try and like—I mean—you have to understand like that in this part of the world, like the, like the world is a much bigger place. Say back in the sixties. Like, right. So in other words, if you're if you're cycling to school and there's a pothole in front of you and hope that it isn't a sinkhole kind of thing, and the pouring rain, the lives—I wait to see how this
0: works into David Crosby. Well, okay, but,
1: the lives these people seem to be leading, the little yes. bits of gems you could get and read about in the music—it just seemed to be like when they went later to sort of Laurel Canyon or something. Mm-hmm. Mm. it just seemed to be like the Nirvana it's the place to go it's oh, like, yeah. you have yeah. to be still there is. Yeah. it still is Yeah, yeah. but like, yeah. it was all this kind of thing this was even before this was kind of Greenwich village before LA kind of thing but anyway you would have of that
0: as well but the, suppose, point, but, 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 the but the
1: point is Top of the Pops was all we got here yeah. and like two out of every three songs on it were so bad it's even worse than the music of today but one out of I every I don't three, believe you one out of every three <laughs> <laughs> one out of every three was just amazing and like right, now yeah, and again this like yeah, yeah. is like people have written a well, book Well I suppose
0: about, we look back and we just see the good stuff and you think every <coughs> song yeah, that came but out but then was great. When
1: BBC Two showed it every Friday night and you yeah, realise just you how know, bad the stuff yeah, is Anyway yeah. the point about it is is that uh, like when David Bowie and, and Mick Ronson did their Starman thing in 72 or whatever it just changed so many people's lives there's books written just about that one five sure. minutes but six or seven years before that the birds came over to London yeah. and they went on this programme called Top of the Pops which was only a year old and it just revolutionised and was that at their start was that at that, like was their at, start that first album yeah. Yeah, yeah it was it was Mr. Tambourine Man that's yeah, why, that's yeah, why yeah, I went yeah, to number yeah. one in England and yeah. I, they came over looking like I mean some, if you look at the clothes they're wearing now you go really but I mean like I mean, and, ah, they look cool they it's look fantastic Again, <laughs> you have
0: you have Roger McGinn's glasses on without the, yeah, without right. the shades on no but I
1: mean Roger I mean, yeah, like the whole idea of just the way they looked and like the stupid cape of David Crosby <laughs> but anyway the whole thing and the hat it was actually the glasses of Roger McGinn that did it and just the it, way they sang and what they did to Bob Dylan and it just suddenly transformed. It was a mm. moment in
0: time for an awful lot of people. Well, Crosby says as well, he reckoned, in that documentary, he reckoned that Dylan heard that and then that's when he went off and said, right, well, I'm going to have to get an electric band of my own. And it was a big influence on him turning from... Uh, Another side of Bob Dylan to uh, well, bringing it all back home.
1: Well, bringing it all back home. Highway sixty one. We and blah blah blah, and that's the whole time. Yeah, like, eighteen month period. But yeah. the infl-
0: you know, so it was a two way street, yeah. I suppose. So is
1: also, it. like they invented so much, even with this song. Why might not well just give you a tiny bit of it? Because it's just so ridiculously good. What an intro! Absolutely. Okay, so Roger McGuinn there. In fact, an I, 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 I extensive interview with Roger McGuinn. I'll, I'll give you a little bit of it later on. But let's just go back mm. to where you want to go with this now. Yeah, well, David Crosby.
0: David Crosby. Uh, McGuinn, his guitar sound is all over that. And that we'll come back to that. But I think um, uh, Crosby is a songwriter only really, I think maybe, only came into it. We're talking about the fourth Birds album, which is Younger Than Yesterday, which came out in 1967. Now on that, there's songs like Mine Garden, uh, Everyone's Been Burned, uh, which have that jazz thing we were talking about and, and, you know, alternative tunings and all that kind of thing. And and even before that, sorry, I should say as well, that uh, Eight Miles High, something like that, which has McGinn's guitar sound on it. It was down to Crosby that... Um, so he says anyway, or so he said, that uh, he was playing them Ravi Shankar and he was playing them John Coltrane. So you can hear that... It's um, true,
1: and he introduced kind of George Harrison to that too. There
0: you go, yeah. And McGinn was trying to incorporate some of that kind of freeform stuff into the guitar solo or that. But anyway, back to Younger Than Yesterday, which I read this week uh, described as the American Revolver. I don't know whether that maybe makes sense, yeah. but okay. Um, there's a song uh, as well that wasn't on it that was left off, it was a single called Lady Friend, which he, pushed, he wrote and he pushed for as a single. And it's a brilliant Lost uh, Bird song. It wasn't really a big hit. Yeah, but um, yeah. in the same year, anyway, they play Monterey, the Monterey Pop Festival, famously. That's
2: where,
1: that's where David goes off the yeah. rails And
0: David has already been going off the rails. <laughs> uh, McGuin, I don't know if it's in that interview, but he, he described him as a, a little Hitler, uh, really, in the band, You know that he was just making demands and all that kind of thing. So they get to Monterey. He gets up on stage, they're playing away, and then he stops in between a song. He goes into a rant about the Kennedy assassination. You know, hey man, uh, you know he wasn't shot by a single rifle and the witnesses were all killed and that's your country, man, that kind of stuff. And the other lads are standing there going, Jenny, what's going on here? And then the next night, Buffalo Springfield are playing at the same thing and Neil Young can't make it for some reason. So Stephen Stills gets David Crosby to sit in with them and play with them. And the other lads didn't like that either. So while they're trying to do the following album, which is Notorious Bird Brothers, which is a great record... um, He's pushing for more songs. They do take his songs on it, but the two lads, uh, Chris Hillman and Roger McGinn, turn up at his house one day and say, Dave, you're out. You're gone. We just can't take mm-hmm. you anymore. And he says, right, okay. And the cover of that album, do you, know that, do you know that album, the one that has the horse on the cover? I
1: know the cover. I know, yeah. I've heard the album. I don't there's, know. It, there's a know. story
0: about, like, that they put the horse there at liberty to represent what kind of a horse's ass this fellow was and, oh, right. and all that. I don't know whether that's true or not, but it doesn't matter. It's a good story. And uh, Anyway, so he's out of there. He's uh, bumming around kind of at a certain level. He uh, buys a boat with a loan of 25,000 from Peter Tork of the Monkees. Yeah. And he's sailing around on that and he's writing songs on that. Uh, around that time as well, he's in Florida and he goes into a coffee shop and he sees Johnny Mitchell playing the guitar and... He's credited, I suppose, and he yeah, discovered this. He discovers her, yeah. really. Yeah, produced the first album. He brings that. her out to California. He, yeah. you know, introduced her around. To everything. He produced that first album. What's that first one called? Uh, Song to a so, to Seagull. And to also, he, um, he goes out with her as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he does.
1: Yeah. And in fact, uh, Roger McGuinn says in the interview that I have that he says, that, you know, the happiest time in David's life, unquestionably, was when he met and you know worked with and went out with Johnny Mitchell. Well, he
0: said in that his own documentary that she was the greatest of the whole lot of us. Oh yeah, um, which is fair enough. Uh, that she was the greatest songwriter, and she was just. Off on her own, doing her own thing, and especially I don't think even at that stage, I think later on, Joni Mitchell became even greater again. You know, well, yeah, yeah. get to Blue and you get yeah. to Court and Spark, and, it's, yeah. and it's just amazing. yeah, yeah, oh god, that's a fantastic record. Anyway, he she writes a song about him, they're, they're going out, but she writes it, she breaks up with him by writing a song about him, uh, a kind of a go away and leave me alone song. What was the name of that song? I'm sure I've written down there somewhere, <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, I'll have it here, hold on a second. The song. <laughs> That song about the midway, do you know that Oh yeah, songs, yeah,
1: song, song, I don't think it's about the midway, is it? Is that the word? For it? I don't know, I don't yeah, know. but anyway,
0: she, she gets rid of him. So he then, it, it's, he either meets, uh, he, he know, knew Stephen Stills already, so the reader had a, a party in Mama Cass's house or in Joni Mitchell's house, different accounts of this, and that Joni Mitchell's house is a small house in Laurel Canyon, that our house written yeah. by Graham Nash is yeah. about. And Graham Nash comes in, and Graham Nash was part of the Hollies, the English band, and they were on tour. He was still with them at the time. And the two lads were singing, uh, Stephen Stills and David Crosby. And your man comes in and adds a third part harmony over the top, just when they're messing around. Let's this form party. a supergroup. Well, they said in forty <laughs> seconds. they said they knew what they were going to be doing for the next couple of years. Right and so the three of them bring in all these songs Armand Ertigan signs them up straight away and knew a good thing when he heard it and that first album that we played uh, played a song from um, just called Crosby Stills and Nash comes out in 1969 and it's a massive hit it's just got the vibe at the time now I'm going to ask you a question about it it's got the vibe at the time and the FM stations who are playing half yeah. of records yeah. it's perfect now you were telling me before about that time Did you, were you hip to that at the time did you hear that at the time yeah
1: because I had older brothers who bought all this yeah. stuff I was, yeah. I was a veteran at that stage right? yeah, well I, I know you that yeah, no, sure you were, of the, sure you the, were born the in 1942 yeah, yeah. album is the one the next album do you think so I think oh, the yeah.
0: first one is better no, no right okay well in between the first one it was ten this, times better in between the first one and the second one it's
1: the golden album from that time
0: alright in between the first one and the second one. First, as I say is a massive hit their second ever gig was Woodstock yeah uh, and, and there's a great
1: on, in fact they say something like we're scared uh, less, and they cut out the on the album
0: and there's a great clip on your man's the chat show whose ships. name I can't remember as well um, where she comes down the lads are just back from uh Woodstock and Joni Mitchell is a guest on this on this chat show and she's singing her songs and been all earnest. in come the three lads from Crosby Stills and Nash probably probably hi uh, just after getting off and a helicopter in this place still have the mud in their boots and everything and they' are babbling on about Woodstock and you can kind of see Joni Mitchell going here hold on a second. this is my show but uh, that and then uh, Crosby says what was it like? Your man says, uh, and uh, he says, oh, man, it was like the the Macedonian army coming over the hill, man, talking about Woodstock. So they're all, they're forever associated with that. Then he's at that house again. Neil Young is driving by in a car. This is the story he tells. Neil Young pulls up. (laughs) uh, The two lads are talking, leaning on the bonnet of the car. Neil Young starts singing him a few songs, including Helpless and things like that. And Crosby says, I want this guy in the band. So then you get that album you're talking about yeah, Deja uh, vu. which is Deja Vu. I, don't, yeah. I think the first album is, is better yeah, than Deja Vu. The second album's better. And I'll tell
1: you a really funny thing about it. Do you know what I did yesterday? I decided to listen back to Deja Vu and just remember who did what and it, I, I did it on Spotify and it goes like from, from say like that song we played there Carry On and so it goes from Carry On yeah,
0: yeah the Neil Young's. Yeah the Neil
1: Young's. I said well hold on a second. That's because Neil
0: Young is sticking it to the man.
1: Yeah, hold on there's two best songs in the album are yeah. Country Girl and Helpless and they're Neil Young songs and yeah, I said yeah. wait a minute I just heard that song earlier where's the Neil Young songs so I went and looked at it and it's, it's all blacked out oh, yeah, I yeah. forgot that himself and Joni Mitchell not because on. of kind of uh, illnesses they had as kids and gave out hell about Joe Rogan giving out about you know being anti-vax and all that yes. they said yeah. if you're going to give Joe Rogan 100 million to be on Spotify we're off Spotify and not only in other words is their solo stuff off Spotify but even like this is a Crosby still well, Nash young song it comes up on the and solo. and by the way album. do you know the really weird final thing which is really weird there's a third song off it as well because Joni Mitchell wrote Woodstock and they've a version of Woodstock yes. on this, so yes. the three songs gone from Deja Vu when you look it up on Thing.
0: Well, it's on on his uh, and Crosby's first solo album, which I come to in a minute. There's two songs missing because Neil Young sings in the background, so he had really? those taken off. Um, well, uh, I think uh, he co-wrote uh, uh, one of if them.
1: If only I could remember my name. Yeah, that, You're the first
0: me. "Music Is Love" is not on it on Spotify because oh uh, he God, he didn't he, know that. he wrote it. Anyway, okay. uh, that song, that that Deja Vu. He only has two songs on that Deja Vu, I think, and "Almost Cut My Hair," which is this iconic thing about seeing the police car in, in the rearview mirror and all yeah, that. You know,
1: let's let's hear the stories, how the problems with the police. Yeah,
0: well, yeah. But I mean, so around that time, his girlfriend is killed in a car crash. Yeah. And Graham Nash says that changed me. Christine Hinton was her name. And uh, says that changed me. Bringing the dog to the vet. Yeah. 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 And then, so the first solo album is kind of him taking refuge from all that. And it's called If I Could Only Remember Her Name. And as I say, um, you'll find bits of it on Spotify. It's a masterpiece. It's it's I think it's the best album he's been associated with. Oh it's a great album. Best album he's on and it's just this kind of of freeform thing and if people are looking for something to listen to, that's the one to go and buy in the shop. I I really think it's Yeah, I'll
1: give you a title track, just a bit of uh, Almost Cut My Hair, right? Which Cut my hair, um, yeah, man. David Crosby song, okay, go on, where are you going next? Right, well, the, Crosby had his We're problems. We're talking David Crosby, by the way. 51552 is our text, Pat Carty.
0: Yeah, the other famous thing about him, from the music, is the problems that he had. And Crosby never met a bag of drugs he didn't like, that's yeah. really what happened yeah. there. And, and it, a lot of it comes from the 60s kind of thing, and also that, that uh, as we say, that girlfriend um, on being killed so tragically. He kind of went into that. There's no like Crosby Stills and Nash fell apart, they tried to do another album just wasn't happening they couldn't put up with him yeah. and uh, he didn't make another solo record until about 2014 he just the music went to one side and the drugs took over so there's all sorts of, of stories about that in the 80s he wrote a book uh, called Long Time Gone where he details you know, the, some of the stuff H- his partner who, who later became his wife was held hostage one time while he was on tour by dealers because he owed them money, yeah. that kind of stuff. And he was um, stopped
1: by the cops two times, he was arrested, put in jail, Oh yeah, guns. put in jail,
0: but the thing about when he was put in jail, that's around 85 I think, is that he goes in, he tried to he, tr- he, he ran away from them he was done for firearms and for drug possession. Ran away from him. Took a flight. Some dealer got him a pilot who flew him across the country. He flew to Florida. He went on that. He found went to that boat he'd bought years before. And he lay on it for a few days. And he said, no, I've got to face the music. So he went down to the local FBI office and turned himself in. This mm. is the story he told. Anyway. But he goes inside for about eight months or something like that. And uh, he was in solitary, what he says in the documentary. He was in solitary for a lot of that. And he comes out. And there's footage of him when he comes out. You know, TV cameras are there. And he's it, just a different man. He's an old man. Uh, portly, uh, bald, he, uh, no moustache. It just doesn't look like... If you, you had to be told it was David Crosby. And uh, he marries his partner after that. He tries to get it together. He was arrested again for... Uh, they found um, guns and drugs in a hotel room. He'd left them behind him in yeah. a hotel room in New York. Um, you know, he, he had a lot of problems there. Um, judge had to let him... He had to get permission to get married because he was told to stay away from his partner because she was in trouble with it as well. Um, around that time, there is live aid as well. I suppose that's a bit before that, which is a disaster. Uh, Crosby, Stills and Nash play it. He looks about twenty years older than the other guys on the thing. He um, again, there was no, there was a solo record that was uh, rejected by the record company. It was just crap. Yeah. And uh, there was Crosby, Stills and Nash young albums in the eighties. There's one famous one that had a cover called uh, they tried to get all the drum sound of the 80s and there's a cover on it which is one of the worst covers in history it's a picture of the earth from the moon okay which it doesn't sound too bad but then on on long sticks there are hot dogs as if they're growing hot dogs on the moon uh which is a very strong i don't know what the (laughs) thinking was behind that but anyway the um crosby stills and nash limp on i got to see them once in uh about that's about 15 years ago uh, in The Point which was a fantastic night if I remember rightly although my memory is a bit hazy I got a bit um, I think I got some sort of contact I got a bit too close to a few jazz cigarettes it wasn't me <laughs> no, it was a few other people right. and I think I got a bit of a contact high so I can't Well remember. funny
1: enough the last time they played here I saw them at the board Gosh it was in 2015 Was that the three of them? Uh, it was Crosby, Stills and Nash yeah. and uh, about a month later Graham Nash came out uh, in fact I thought it was a pretty dreadful gig they started off with Carry On which hmm. is I think their best song They were great in the kind point Kind of went downhill I didn't think it was much good Anyway the point about it is is that uh, and, uh, what do you call him um, Graham Nash who always gave the nice pop songs like Our House and you know Teacher yeah. Children and all that which wasn't you, know, well, you remember He was sick of them after a while but he, <laughs> he, said, he actually genuinely said before once I said oh, I'm going to sing a song about saving the whale in a few minutes and I thought he was joking <laughs> Did you <laughs> go like, off to the bar? I just thought and like stopped but you do you know, remember the four albums at the
0: start of the 70s when, when they were together they called the band a mothership thing and there was four albums by the four different guys in the 70s so Stephen Steele's first solo album right. uh, Harvest probably or one of those by, or After the Gold Rush by Neil Young um, that David Crosby I've been talking about if you remember and there was the first Graham Nash solo album I always thought Graham Nash brilliant singer but as a songwriter was maybe the weak link out of the yeah, floor. Because he, 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 he'd be too earnest.
1: He, very nice songs. Move yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, I know what you yeah, mean. Yeah. Anyway, but but
0: anyway uh, Crosby, uh, when they're trying to get back together, Crosby does things like in the press. Uh, at the time, Nash and Young had both uh, broken up with their long-term partners or wives and hooked up with uh, younger women, shall we say. And Crosby didn't like this. That's a bit rich coming from he him. didn't like Darryl, after all it? the stuff. Well, he, he said this in the press and that was really it. They weren't going to get back together. Yeah. There was footage in that thing of them singing Silent Night at a White House Christmas oh my God, it's thing, which is unreal it's so unreal. It's it's a, bad is
1: that Obama on the stage or something yeah and oh you can see Obama God. trying
0: not to make faces so, yeah, Now it's, yeah, it's really, give really it up, boys, so yeah. that was the kind of end of it but he came after,
1: back after that gig though in in the three, in uh, what do you call it the the board? gosh uh, about a month later uh, what do you call him Graham Nash came out and said I will never work yeah. with that horrible disgusting yeah. person again I hate yeah. him I hate him
0: well, that was it. He just, he he, he admitted that himself. He, yeah. he said he was just a difficult guy to work with. He just got mad. Um, he was, he, he, ego was, got hey, out want of control. i to play another
1: song, one of the ones you mentioned, just to go back a little bit. And I'm going to go back to the interview. And it's one of these things so long ago that the voice sounds a bit different. But anyway, here we go. It's uh, Roger McGuinn, who, in other words, the main birds man, the singer, and all that. And an interesting thing, I might, this might be the bit that you might say something that you didn't know about Mr. Tambourine Man. But hold on, I'll give you this here because uh, this is uh, Roger McGuinn. Let's go for it. Well, then what about the drugs, as you mentioned? I mean, for instance, now, do you mean everybody on the drugs or yourself personally?
2: I was just talking about my own experiences uh, with drugs, and I you know, I regret uh, having taken drugs. I, I really didn't need to take them. It didn't help me out anyway. but I don't, on I don't think I played better music because of'.
1: But I mean, in one way you had to, because, like, I mean, you couldn't be a band like the Birds in the 60s and doing songs like Eight Miles High. And, I, mean, I mean, people say Eight Miles High was the drug song. Was I mean, let's face it, Mr. Tambourine Man is the biggest drug song of all.
2: No, neither song is a drug song. Uh, I mean, I, I, I didn't write Mr. Tambourine Man, so I couldn't tell you what Dylan had in mind when he wrote it. And uh, I still don't know what it's about. After all these years of singing it, I have my own uh, inter- interpretation. Uh,
1: it's, 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 an, it's, not, it's not a drug interpretation.
2: No, it's not a drug interpretation. But uh, Eight Miles High was about a plane ride to England, and uh, it wasn't that's, anything about drugs.
1: That's what they always said at the time, but is that true? I mean, like, yes, I mean, it's true. I mean, years later, if, I mean, I'm sure if you ask Paul McCartney, was losing in the Sky with Diamonds really about his little daughter coming home with her school friend? And her name was John Lucy. Lennon wrote it oh well whatever yeah.
2: John Lennon and Julian's friend
1: from right, home right. from school and that. No, I mean I, like we all know what it was about right no so, I, I don't mean, know that years I, later you can well I mean if we <laughs> asked John Lennon I'm pretty sure look he'd everybody wants honest. to think
2: it's about drugs okay but I'm just saying I wouldn't have taken the drugs if you asked me about my mistakes that was one of them I, you know I didn't need to do that yeah. I would have saved a lot of money too <laughs>
0: You want me to go? Yeah, really. Yeah, backer, okay. What backer. else we got? Uh, Phil Collins paid for his uh, liver transplant. He had all sorts of medical problems. so He had hepatitis. He had uh, what's called a, uh, you know, on top of the drug problems, obviously hepatitis. He got a liver transplant. Phil Collins paid for it. There was a lot of controversy at the time that maybe he didn't deserve to be jumping the queue. He also turns up on Phil Collins's Another Day in Paradise, one of the worst records or perhaps ever made Uh, I was on holiday one time in Italy with a a, a lady friend of mine and she was going look at all this scenery here look at these beautiful mountains and another day in paradise was on the radio and she got very annoyed at me because I couldn't see anything I was just giving out about the song anyway I digress the um he did come back and make some solo records later on. He hooked up with his son. He's a strange son who had given up for adoption years ago and formed a band CPR. There are some really good records towards the end. There's one called Sky Trails, with, uh, which is a great song about Blood Diamonds on it. What else? He, he played with David Gilmore. He's on uh, a couple of David Gilmore albums. Um, did you see Pink Floyd and got in a bit of trouble this week? I did, yeah. Yeah, for the 50th <laughs> anniversary of that. We don't need to go into that, I suppose. Anything else I can add? I think um, he was kind of a, a facilitator as well as a great songwriter. So say something like Ohio by uh, Crosby, Stills and Nash and Young. Young used to tell the story that it was Crosby come over to the house with the magazine and they sat down and wrote the song in, in yeah. 20 minutes. But his approach to harmony was unreal. Uh, he bringing in jazz and folk into rock yeah. so I think we shouldn't really talk remember so much about the drugs we should watch that yeah. David Crosby I can only remember a name documentary and everybody should go and buy if I can only remember a name I think it's just a fantastic alright
1: Pat good man yourself thanks very much just one other thing too just a, 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 a whatever story Um, I saw them play I saw Crosby still national Young playing mm. you ready for this in the in the Roosevelt Speedway somewhere in New York uh, wow. in 1974 but are you ready I, a really funny thing Neil Young was late by the way Yeah. He, 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 it was 20 minutes late he came in but what they did was they played like as a band, but they mm-hmm. also did about fifteen minutes solo all the time. And Neil Young when he came was on. Was that just sitting
0: around with the guitars around a microphone in front of a stadium full of people?
1: Oh it's about seventy thousand people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, yeah. the thing is that it was, it was I think it was the biggest thing they done. Anyway, the point about it is is that uh, Neil Young comes on and it was the it was the day, September seventy four, I don't know where it was, uh, like the actual date. It was the day that Evil Knievel look it up folks on Wikipedia Eva was going I going mean, to Viva jump- Knievel with yeah. my dad he was going to jump Snake River Canyon and I, wow. Neil Young just comes on and says I'll tell you if he's dead or alive at the end of my set and no. he just plays his songs he didn't say it at the you end just don't
0: of get that with Ed Sheeran and people like that. <laughs> yeah,
1: no. you certainly do not Dave Fanning on 2FM